we've actually left the Mediterranean and we are in the Suez Canal. Finally, I have to say, um, left Port Fouad, Port Said, after lots of delays and annoyances. But anyway, we've uh, we've left. We're on our way. Not particularly beautiful, but we're going. Hurrah! It's a nice hazy afternoon. Uh, the beginning of the surge, you can hear boats, uh, factories. To my starboard side, on my right-hand side, are loads, hundreds, thousands of containers. On the port side, on the left-hand side, are the uh, housing residential areas for all the workers who work in Port Side and Port Farad. We're the second boat to leave. Our pilot, Musa, says that we're supposed to be the first, but we have been warned that all pilots do like to go full steam ahead and get there as quickly as possible. It's a 40 mile trip and uh, unfortunately we are going to be ending in Ismailia, which is halfway down the canal sometime in the evening and it's obligatory to spend the night there but we'll actually be spending five or six days there with the rally. Musa, could you just say hello to everyone please? Hello, hello. <laughs> There's our pilot Musa. Musa, you're married, yes? Yes, I'm married, one wife, six children. Yes, before, before I hope I, 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 I want one boy, uh, but uh, number one, number two, number four, number six. But uh, if I uh, after this if I have one boy, stop. Because this, because this, uh, I have six. But uh, anybody in Egypt, uh, maximum two, three. Because uh, uh, now uh, anything expensive, and uh, life is difficult. Because this don't have uh, any 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 man don't have uh, more uh, children mm. maximum two or three in in Egypt. So basically, we uh, uh, we were just discussing that Musa wanted a boy but uh, got five girls instead, and then he got number six was the boy. Because um, any, any boy after uh, big twenty years twenty five don't have work don't have. Uh, Anything because it's difficult uh, life in Egypt. Before this, a generation before, your grandparents and your great grandparents, they had many more children. Any man in Egyptian in Egypt, uh, maybe have 10, 11, 12, uh, one five boy, no problem. Because in this time before, uh, any any eight, no problem. Any work, no problem. But now, it's a, uh, difficult life. Uh, Life before easy, easy, but uh, now difficult. Yeah. Pilot keeps telling us he's the number one pilot, and uh, we are supposed to be in the front of the convoy. And can we catch up? And in reply, we have actually reduced the number of revs, which has sent him into paroxysms of sadness. But I did point out to him that at um, two and a half thousand res we're doing five litres an hour and at two thousand res we're doing just under three litres an hour and if he'd like to make up the difference he certainly can. Anyway, he's, he's quiet now, he's okay and uh, we're just going along nicely. Got uh, Rome 2 in front and Storm Dodger and Rondu behind. The usual four. Seems to be going okay so far. Touch wood. Uh, Musa has just been telling me that uh, he is the the boss pilot on board Esper. There are, of course, pilots on all of the boats in our little flotilla of uh, seven or eight boats. 
and he's saying that the two pilots in front um, tend to veer off a bit to, towards the centre of the channel. Now, at the moment, we have a very big convoy coming through of huge container ships. Uh, we must have passed about 10 so far, and there's probably another four or five at least I can see on the horizon. And he was just explaining to me that when you look at these convoys, and I can see this now, as I look down Port Suez, you can see they're one big dead straight line. None of them are veering to port or starboard. They are keeping in one straight line. And as I look down our flotilla, we seem to be having a slight tendency to be uh, moving over to port and starboard. So just, uh, I can see Ramdu now. I don't think Ian's on the helm, I think his pilot is, and he's decided to go towards the centre of the channel, so... This is uh, Musa, um, communicating with the other pilots on the other boats, and they're using separate channel, they're using the handheld VHF radios to communicate with each other. Uh, they use, seem to be using channel 06 at the moment, whereas uh, the rest of us have agreed to use channel 72 to communicate with each other, so quite useful uh, having the radio contact. <laughs> just been eyeing up one of these cargo ships that's gone past China shipping line in big white letters across its green hull packed one, two, three, four, five rows of containers and you look at these things and you just think of the piracy attacks on these great big huge cargo ships and you do wonder how on earth do the pirates think they could take one of these things on I mean they really are huge Anyway, I'm now turning back round to look forward, and we have another little fishing, I don't know what you call it really, a hamlet, and it's just lots of open fishing boats all tied up, all moored up in a, a building, I guess maybe a tea shop for the fishermen, who row across the canal, and bear in mind these tiny little fishing boats, and they're just rowing backwards and forwards the other side of the canal, in between these huge container ships. We've just passed a, you say it's a army security, is it? Yes, yes, station army security. Every half kilometer, one on, in uh, two, two sides. Yep, so we have one on each side every half kilometer, yes? Yeah. yeah. Yes, every uh, uh, station man, uh, army, see any problem, send a uh, big boss, uh, follow him, for, uh, don't happen any single problem yeah. in uh, two sides. Yeah. On, on the safety. Well, it's late afternoon now. It's actually coming up to 1600 hours. And the sun is still in the sky. It's a very hazy afternoon, like a late summer's afternoon in England. And on our starboard side, to the west, you see bulrushes, trees. And although I can't actually see over the uh, canal bank, I'm told by Musa that there are lots of um, fields with crops because that's where the fresh water is. On the uh, port side, which is to the east, as a, a big German tanker goes past, um, is a desolate wasteland. Although I can't see this, um, Musa tells me that 
what happens is the dredgers dredge the canal and they pump the contents of the canal over to that side and they are also piping fresh water to that side and perhaps in five ten years time he tells me if I were to come down here again we would see the same thing on the port side so they're trying to encourage more growth and uh, farming activity and we're just passing now an oasis it's Trey Salam it's called Salam Mubarak name Lion Freshwater Salam Mubarak Salam Mubarak is the name of this area and it's a freshwater pipe being pumped over and we can see it's uh, green with palm trees uh, it's the only bit of uh, greenery you can actually see on the east side of the canal and there's obviously a processing plant there as well Well, it seems the water that's being pumped through, I can just, we're just passing the big pumps now. Musa has explained that, of course, there are very big pipes that run underneath the canal to pump the water from west to east. And uh, I'm happy to say that it's obviously encouraging quite a lot of wildlife, certainly bird life. I've seen quite a few birds circling around the boat, and not just gulls, but terns. Uh, a couple of waders I've seen up on the bank, and we have just passed a, what looked like a... Um, Kingfisher. So this is obviously encouraging wildlife, which uh, is, is great. We're just passing another military checkpoint. There seems to be quite a bit of commotion going on over here. Oh, I'm being waved at by the locals. Always nice to be waved at. But uh, God knows what's going on. Musa, what's he what's he saying? They ask him a register for uh, this problem for uh, work here, fishing here. Station man, station man flow, so it's kind of sorting, order him go out. Yeah, so he's yes. putting his, his net out in the wrong place. Yeah. 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 Well, that's what all the shouting was about, just as the sun's coming down. If the convoy now in canal, no any small boat for fishing no work ah i see Stop. yes if he if he work in canal problem for him yes but uh, station man older him don't work stop yes i understand stop. yeah yeah for uh, safety navigation right because it's dangerous because of all of the yes for, for yeah, uh, all yeah. ships you know there's a lot of canals here I'm being waved at again by another another military man but Musa was just explaining that um, there's a lot of traffic, both uh, in terms of out of the rally, and of course all these tankers, there's another one here passing now, Ocean Odyssey, and of course the fisherman's putting out his nets, not necessarily across the canal, but uh, causing potential hazard, and so that's what all that commotion was about, he was being told to bring in, bring in his nets. Lots of uh, small fishing boats right on the edge of the canal, um, slightly just behind the markers. And they're, they're, they're sweet, actually. They always wave, and uh, as we go past, so we wave back. But um, it's quite narrow, actually. It's narrower than I thought it was going to be, and um, the pilot has told me I can go on the inside. I'm not too sure about that. I think I'm just going to stick close to the side here and just follow the boat in front to be honest with you 
Yeah, it's quite. It's it's nice seeing these these uh, these small fishing boats <laughs> that sort of cobbled together bits of old sheet, bits of old plastic. God knows what they're catching in the Suez Canal, but uh, there's plenty of them about. Now that's a, that's a new type of vessel passing us. We've been passed by many tankers and cargo ships, but this one is a an oil rig supply ship. It's got a long back flat back to it and this allows the helicopters to drop down their cages and uh, fill up with supplies food and and whatever it is they're uh, supplying the oil rigs with uh, looks like he's empty and he's going back to portside to fill up to supply some more oil rigs we've just turned our navigation lights on now so it's dusk and we have another 22 miles to go before we get to Ismailia. So, still a way to go yet. Well, it's that frustrating time in the evening where we've lost the daylight and it's uh, getting dark now and the eyes are adjusting. And this always causes a problem with judging distances. We're, looks like we're being overtaken by Cobble, which is another boat on the rally. And ahead of us, uh, in the far distance is this huge bridge. I've been told it's 10 kilometers long. Uh, more on that in a little bit. But at the moment I'm looking at this extremely white bright light which is, it looks like it's sort of uh, searching the sea in front of it. And I just checked with Musa who confirms that these big cargo ships when they come down the canal are obliged to have big projecting, forward projecting white lights and this is so they can navigate their way through the canal. That's uh, Musa shouting to his mate on cobble who are just on our beam right now. In fact he's probably telling him to slow down and not overtake us because by overtaking us this is putting the boat next to us into the centre of the canal and when you've got a great big huge tanker coming at you with a bright light probably best to stick to the side of the canal I think. Jamie just asked me to go on the helm while a dirty great freighter went past very close. I had to keep the boat as far over to the starboard side as I possibly could without going behind the markers uh, in order to avoid the great wall of water that this freighter was pushing um, in front of it. I was a bit scared because <laughs> I didn't really know what I was doing but in fact it was okay, it wasn't bad at all. We've got this convoy going past us at the moment and uh, just a couple more freighters to go and once they've gone we're on our own. So uh, all looking good. That white light I was talking about on the front of a big container ship was a car carrier from Japan and this thing is so big it dwarfs Cobble, who's overtaking us. It dwarfs Cobble's mast. The top of Cobble's mast only comes up to about halfway up this container ship as it passes. It is absolutely huge. I can't emphasize enough as to how big this thing is. Um, of course, we've seen them all. When you go down the East Coast, especially of the UK, you go around Felixstowe and Harwich, you see these things, but you quite often see them from land. And even at sea, when you're navigating uh, at sea, you always stay well away from them. So it's a very strange thing to be this close to them. Of course, in theory, you're perfectly safe because he's going one way, we're going the other in a straight line. But 
Even so, uh, it's quite an overwhelming sight to see these things go past. Okay, that's better. <laughs> uh, so we're surrounded by lights, uh, blinded by lights uh, of tankers coming across the other way. There seems to be a ferry directly ahead of us, which is about to cross our path. And in the near distance is this bridge. The Musa is just overtaking the ferry now, just coming behind it. Musa, I want to talk about the bridge, yeah, bridge. the big bridge. Yeah, the bridge, uh, uh, seven zero meters. So 70 but, meters high, uh, yeah. But uh, two sides, two sides, 55. And long, 10 kilometers. It's 10, 10, kilo 10 kilometers, kilometers long. Why is it so long? Because uh, any car uh, go up easy, easy, no, no. Yeah. So th this is because Musa explained earlier, Egyptian cars are not very good yeah, yeah, and it, it, it yeah. takes a long time, doesn't it? Yeah, Egyptian, uh, more Egyptian car, uh, old, no good, uh, no strong, uh, because this... Uh, so it needs a graduating slope rather than a big slope, which I think is quite interesting. And you say it was a, uh, the Japanese helped build it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, between Egypt and Japanese. Yeah. Japan helped uh, Egypt. Yeah. So, so part Japanese, part uh, uh, Egyptian. And after the bridge, after 10 kilometers, another bridge, uh, half and half open and close up water, don't too high. Okay. This only for train. Train. Okay. Work every day, four hours in the morning and four hours in the night. Okay. This, the bridge is, uh, for train make uh, by, by Egypt and Germany. Germany. Okay. Right. So the Germans, Egyptians built the train bridge, and the Japanese and the Egyptians built the uh, car bridge. Right. I better let Musa get back. It's now dark. He needs to concentrate a bit more on the lights, and uh, we need to turn up his handheld VHF so he can hear his uh, his colleagues. Jamie asked me to put together a roadmap for our entrance into um, Ishmaelia. Uh, it's a great way of. Uh, having a ready reckoner kind of thing as so you can see exactly what what you're going to what's going to appear on your starboard side and then what's going to be on your port side and what to expect when and whatever anyway useful exercise um, I'm using CMAP Maxi and our paper chart in order to compile this thing and interestingly they're all saying different things <laughs> well they, they say pretty much the same thing but we've got different lights appearing in slightly different places and some not appearing in other places at all so although it seems reasonably straightforward it's a little bit confusing we radio to the other boats and nobody else seems to know the answer so I'm just going to put everything down and then we'll know, um, hopefully, when we get there, what to do. We'll see. Hmm. Okay, Moose has just explained to me, as we're coming under the bridge, so passing by, is a tug showing its red, white, red lights on top, which means it's uh, restricted in its ability to manoeuvre. He's just explained that this is the last of the convoy, so... All this time, we've been passing tanker after cargo ship, and ah, so he's just explained. So he's pulling another boat. Barge, barge, pulling a barge. Right. So he's pulling a pulling a barge, and this is the last of the convoy, which is good for us. It's big tug. Yeah. One six thousand horse. Horsepower. Yes, good. Wow. And what is its name? 
بركة 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 وان So there goes Baraka One. We're just passing another uh, marker boy, and we're just about to come under the bridge. The good news is that because we uh, have seen that go past, indicating the end of the um, convoy, means that we don't have to worry about oncoming traffic now, and this means that we don't have to pull over. There was a possibility that we were going to have to actually pull over and let some more traffic through, but. There goes the barge, which was being towed by that tug. And that's the end of the convoy. Well, we've just had Rome 2 on the uh, VHF, warning everyone to watch out for a fishing boat that was pulling out in front and then behind and then in front of uh, Rome 2 and generally confusing them. Uh, I've just spoken to Musa. You said there are more fishing boats in Yeah, some, sometimes in Ismailia. Uh, in Suez Canal, a small boat for fishing in the night. Uh, I, if you don't open eyes and uh, see good, maybe problem for yacht. Yeah. Okay, I tell uh, all pilots, all yacht, uh, good sea, good open eyes for, for this problem. And it's, uh, some uh, usually, sometimes uh, make uh, this boat fishing boat make. Problem. Yes. Uh, yeah, with yachts. Uh, yes. Okay. So, so use your eyes. Okay. Keep an eye out. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. I know. Yes. So there we go. There will be more fishing boats to cause havoc with the other navigation, and um, that was Musa just telling the other pilots on the other boats just to keep an eye out for them. Uh, it certainly keeps us on our toes, anyway. Cat's asleep. She's moved around the boat, found various places, and now she's asleep. And uh, I think I'll go to sleep too. Jamie seems quite happy chatting to our pilot. Um, so I'm going to quietly bow out and let those two get on with it. Well, it's the next day and we arrived in Ismailia last night. I didn't have a chance to record because as soon as we got in we were greeted by um, a rather sloshed crowd. And so beers ensued and um, well I didn't have time to record our arrival but here we are this is Ishmaelia. The one thing Ishmaelia is famous for is mangoes and we are munching our way through the tastiest mango Never. for breakfast. What's it like Liz? What's this mango like? Oh, <laughs> I it. It's the most amazingly juicy and tastiest fruit I have ever had. It's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, so I think we're going to live on a diet of mangoes for the next few, few days whilst we're here. There we go. Bye.